Welcome to the Wonder by the Word podcast, where we walk through the Bible chronologically in a year. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this podcast, I break down our daily readings from the Wonder by the Word reading plan and community so that we can all have better theology and grow in our faith. In case you're just now finding us, the Wonder by the Word plan can be found on version or on my website. Wonder by the Word is sponsored by Truth and Grace Ministries. Learn more at BrittanyRust.com. Hello and welcome to day 38 of the Wondered by the Word podcast and reading plan. We are in Exodus chapters 14 through 17 today. Yesterday we left off with the beginning of the Exodus out of Egypt where the people had been driven out by Pharaoh. They were leaving Egypt and that's where we find ourselves today as we enter chapter 14. The Lord speaks to Moses and really it sets the stage for what comes next. Pharaoh is going to go back on his command to let the people go. He's going to regret it. Perhaps it was pride. Perhaps he thought God would not strike any worse than he already had. But whatever the case may be, Pharaoh, he changes his mind. And he sends out chariots, which were the most sophisticated military tool at the time, to go after with the men and to catch the Israelites. But as God says in verse 4, God will get the glory in this situation. The Israelites see the Egyptians coming towards them and they cry out to God, which was the right thing to do. But then they turn to Moses and they complain. They, you know, say it would be better for them to have stayed in Egypt as slaves, which what we see is that their memory is short. And we're going to see that throughout the book. To this, Moses replies, and I love this verse. I've got it highlighted and starred. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. And get this. I love this. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Moses trusted the Lord to come through for them. And he encouraged the Israelites to believe that as well. They were literally stuck between the sea and the Egyptians that were coming for them. All they could do, and indeed what they should do, what Moses is saying, is to stand still and watch God deliver them, and he is going to deliver them. Now at this and at God's command, Moses stretches out his hand over the sea, and God by his power parts the sea for the Israelites to escape which was still a step of faith because stepping down, they're stepping down into a ravine, right? But they went forward, but so did the Egyptians. So the Egyptians pursue them through the sea. The Israelites, they reach the other side and Moses stretches out his hand again. And by the power of God, the water floods back in, overtaking the Egyptians. Now, did you know, and this is interesting, I've seen the pictures, they've actually found evidence of the Egyptians crossing. There's um, this beach big enough for 2 million people to camp on in a place in Egypt. And I've seen pictures and it's got these hills and this trail that kind of goes through. And then there's this giant beach. It's called Nuiba, Egypt. What they've also found is a pillar of granite. Now, this was after water had receded, but while it was underwater, the writing deteriorated. But they have found a 25-foot-long 
um, pillar of granite that was put there by King Solomon. And they know it's King Solomon because there's another matching pillar on the other side of the sea that we still have the writing from. And so even King Solomon has erected these two pillars. And one of them is on that beach um, to signify that this is where the people cross. They've also discovered in that area chariot parts that date to the same time as this time in the Bible, along with human and horse bones. It's fascinating. I love history, but there's proof of this. And so the people, they they cross the sea, the Egyptians are gone, they are free, and they sing to the Lord, remembering the great act that just took place. They're glorifying God. And this sort of worship celebration includes Miriam, who is Moses' sister. Remember, we met her in um, when Moses was a baby, she put his basket in the water. She's now, you know, an adult, obviously. And she's leading the woman with tambourines. And after this, you know, celebration, the people from there travel three days into the wilderness, yet they find no drinkable water. However, they do come to a place where the water is bitter. And Moses, he cries out to God and he throws a log into the water to make the water sweet. Here, God tells them that if they will follow and obey him, he will protect them. Specifically, he says he'll protect them from the diseases that the Egyptians had. Now, as we explore chapter 16, moving forward, we are going to see God send down manna or what is also known as bread from heaven. Now, the people, um, they're about a month after leaving Egypt. They are a month out from leaving Egypt. They had set out from this oasis that they found in chapter 14, and they're headed towards Sinai. Now, between both is this wilderness expanse, and their resources, specifically their food, begin to sort of run out. So naturally, the people, they complain to Moses, and they start thinking about Egypt with fondness. Now, how many of us have ever been delivered out of a situation, but we still recall when things are hard, some of the comforts of that prior place, right? And that's what the people are doing. And it's not the last time they're going to do it either. But God is going to take care of them. He has been miraculously providing for them, and he's going to continue to very presently show up for them. And in this situation specifically, he's going to send down manna for them in the morning, and quail in the evening. They're going to have bread and meat, but there are guidelines around the bread. It's to sort of test their obedience, right? And so they can gather enough for the day. Every morning when the dew dries out, there's this manna on the ground and they can gather enough for the day. Yet if they try to keep it overnight, it does go bad. Except for the sixth day, they can collect double on the sixth day, and it will stay good for the seventh day because the seventh day was their rest. So there was no manna for the day. But, you know, there were people, obviously, who, you know, tried to keep extra on the days they shouldn't, or they would go out on the seventh day when there was none and try to collect some. And Moses, he chastises them for their lack of obedience. And this brings us to chapter 17. There is another situation with water. Um, There's a lack of it. And the people, again, complain to Moses. In fact, Moses believes they are ready to stone him. They are so thirsty, right? But he cries out to God. And of course, God has a plan. He tells Moses to strike a rock and water will flow, which, you know, manna doesn't fall from the sky. 
water doesn't come out of a rock. This is God providing miraculously for his people. But the trouble doesn't stop there. The Israelites are about to face their first battle. In an unprovoked attack, the descendants of Esau, the Amalekites, come against the people. And Moses tells a young Joshua, who is a person we will see a lot of, he tells Joshua to lead the men in battle against the Amalekites. Now, during this battle, as long as Moses has his hands up in the air, the Israelites prevail. Yet if his hands come down, they're overtaken. Well, naturally, he can't keep his arms up by himself this whole time, right? So Aaron and Hur come on each side of him to support his arms until the battle is won by Joshua and the men. And in memory of this Moses, he builds an altar there and names it, The Lord is my banner, or Yahweh Nisi. And the name Yahweh Nisi is only used once in the whole Bible, and it's in this instance right here. Now, banners at that time were wooden or metal standards that served as identification or symbols for an army. Seen from afar, it provided hope and a place to rally in in battle. So you see, God is their hope and their place to rally. Overall, he can conquer any foe. And that's the same God that we serve today, that our hope is in him, that he is our place to rally, that he can conquer any foe. And that's what we see in the text today. And I hope that that gives you some just great insight into those chapters. Tomorrow, we're going to pick back up and continue through the wilderness with the Israelites. I'll see you then. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening to Wonder by the Word. We are so grateful that you are here. And I really pray that this episode left you with nuggets of wisdom that you learned something new, maybe it challenged you, but ultimately that it encouraged you and inspired you to dive even deeper into the richness of scripture. If the ministry of truth and grace or wonder by the word, the reading plan, the episode, all the resources have impact you in any way, would you please mind leaving a review, um, sharing this podcast with your friends, all of those little pieces of sharing and encouragement from your part go a long way to help the podcast get into further hands around the world so people can dive into scripture, engage with scripture on a more regular basis. You can also find us on Patreon, which would be a huge benefit to the ministry. And we just thank you so much for being a supporter. We'll see you next time.